Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Monday, June 6th, and it's been a great weekend. Uh, I went and saw Top Gun Maverick in theaters. Um, I've seen it twice now, so I will go see it a third time probably. It's great. It's a trip. And uh, if you have the opportunity to go see it in IMAX, by all means, please do so. Um, (coughs) But yeah. So uh, it's been great. It's a great weekend. And now we're here to record again on this Monday. Bailey's joined me once more. Bailey, how are you? Doing great. I did not see... I did see a new movie over the weekend, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. Oh, wow. Bailey in on the uh, the deep new movies here. Um, yeah, it'll come out in a couple of months probably, but it was interesting. Um, I wanted to see Top Gun Maverick again, but I didn't get the opportunity to. So maybe I'll see it next week, but I'm still dying to see a Downton Abbey. But also Jurassic World comes out this next week, and I also want to see that. <laughs> Have you seen the Downton Abbey movie yet? I've seen the first one. I own it. Um, but I, the second I, one? No. I okay. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you'll have to do a double header. You'll have to do... I'll see both the same night, a double feature, and start off in Downton and, and go to Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be it'd be quite an experience it would be but um yeah and and you know if you guys haven't heard by now which i'm sure you have uh johnny depp won the trial against amber heard uh bailey how do you feel about this i think the outcome like we all saw it coming at this this from a mile away uh amber heard didn't uh she thought she was gonna win uh and I, did you read her her statement? I, I read the first part of it, and then I was like, this is bullcrap. And then I stopped <laughs> reading it. I, I read a little bit of it, yeah, but, I mean, I did not read that much. Yeah, it, she was saying, like, it's a step back for women's rights and everything, and, and, and how, like, yeah, but she, she played herself as the good guy when clearly the evidence showed that she was... Uh, she was the villain in all of this. And I, I, I imagined uh, Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks. Uh, is it, yeah, Tom Hanks from Elvis. Some would put me out to be the villain in all of this. And then <laughs> I just imagined Amber Heard saying that. And I'm glad that Johnny Depp won. I don't think that he's going to have a major comeback right away. Like, I don't think he'll join the Pirates series again. Which, honestly, that franchise needs to die. You're absolutely right. But it's funny that you say that. I, I read somewhere recently that the ex-head of the Pirate series was like, you know what, I could see him coming back, so. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they, they need to re... They, if they want to continue that, which they shouldn't, they, or if they want to reboot it with a completely different cast, and even then, I'm just... I feel like it's, it's just oversaturation of Pirates. Yeah, 
You're right. But I mean, we all need a franchise, Bailey. But Disney has like, Disney is a franchise. Disney has so much to play with and they don't. Same with Warner Brothers and even Netflix. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the news here, Bailey. And first, I want to kind of start with talk about the box office. Let's talk about the first big thing, which is Top Gun Maverick held its top spot. It earned $86 million this weekend, which puts it at 291 domestically. It is at 548 worldwide, 548 million, that is. And it only dropped 32%. It is the smallest second drop in a weekend for a million that's earned over 100 million. And it will be Tom Cruise's top grossing movie domestically, which in comparison, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness dropped about 67%. The Batman dropped 51%. And so it looks like in the pandemic era, this is the strongest second weekend for a movie that isn't, you know, Spider-Man, No Way Home or Avengers, whatever. But what do you think about this? First off, how do you think feel about the second weekend for Tom Gunn and just the box office going forward. So uh, I've, I've been saying this like since March, like the, the resurrection of cinema was coming in April and it's, it's proven itself. Like it's people are coming to the theaters again. COVID isn't as much a fear anymore. Sadly, you got it uh, like a week and a half ago, but uh, for, for most people, it's not a fear anymore. And um. I the the thing about the box office this is an anomaly among films like what happened with Doctor Strange and the Batman is typical for big blockbuster films because everybody goes out to see it the first weekend and just because they don't want to get it spoiled and then the next weekend it's like the people that are like oh I guess I'll go see it because people were saying that I should see it um and so this is an anomaly with that because it's it's insane how popular Top Gun is. I I don't know of another movie that I can't remember. I'd say like the last movie that was like this was probably Avengers Endgame. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. And something else that I forgot to mention is that a majority of people that went to go see it were over the age of 35. So it's not just impressive alone because it has it's putting up big numbers, but it's also pulling people out who typically haven't been to the movies since COVID. And so, you know, I've talked with some people, my wife, my wife has family that specifically said, you know, I haven't been to the theaters in a long time, but I really want to go see Top Gun Maverick. So I think it's crazy. I think it's great. And I think it cements Tom Cruise as an action star. I think it also just um, shows that like if you put good stuff out, people will go see it. I think another smaller example of this is you know everything everywhere all at once. It doesn't have the audience for Top Gun Maverick, but I mean, for a small film, it became a twenty fourth highest grossing uh, film of all time. So and it's well deserved too. Yeah, so I think it's just you know. You put out good stuff, you get good stuff back. And with an established brand like Top Gun and, you know, making it bigger and better, making probably one of the better sequels ever uh, made, it's just, it's pulling out everyone that wants to see it. And I think it's great. And, you know, on the flip side of this, (laughs) Morbius got re-released into the theaters this weekend. Um, 
roughly about a thousand theaters, made eighty five thousand dollars on a Friday alone, which it was about eighty five bucks a theater. So people thought it was Morbin time. Apparently, it's not Bailey. <laughs> but that means like if it was playing, it was playing twice at the theater here in in Idaho Falls, and that means like four people went to see it in each theater. Yeah, roughly. That's sad. <laughs> I mean, I think it was a meme because of how bad it was, and now it's just proved itself right. Yeah. I think people that did see it were just like, why would I go see this in the theater? And it, it was horrible. Like, honestly, it's probably one of the worst comic book movies ever made. That It's a tie between that and Fant Four Stick for me. By the way, which is on Disney+. Plus. Oh, Really? I believe so. Maybe if I have some I, time I, to burn. And maybe maybe after I watch Morbius again in theaters, I'll just watch uh, Fan Four Stick. So. You opened the wound with Morbius and poured salt on it with Fan <laughs> Stick. Those are the two biggest stories coming out of the box office this weekend. Um, moving on, speaking of Everything Everywhere All At Once, which I mentioned, it drops on streaming next Tuesday. You can, be able, you can rent it. You can buy it. You can own it. Um Bailey, what do you, when do you think you'll get around to watching this one again? I'm going to buy it and try to watch it with my wife sometime next week, but it's kind of a longer movie, so mm-hmm. we'll probably watch it in seconds. Yeah. Now, I agree. I think this... I, I really can't wait to watch it again. For some reason, like I, I, like I said, I went and watched Saw Top Gun again and, in theaters again. Um, that one's like something that I knew I had to watch on the big screen again. Um, this one, I felt like I saw it and I loved it and I like to like process it. I didn't feel like I had to see it on the big screen again, but now that it's coming to streaming, I really do want to revisit it. You know, after having this much time between it, like, you know, rewatch it and see what I think about it again, but I'm excited. So keep your eyes open. Uh, everything, everyone once on Tuesday, uh, will be available tomorrow. In other news, Netflix is, um, going to stop making an insane amount of movies. And I think this is a good thing for Netflix because they put so much money into all of these different movies and they expect people to to return to their service and keep watching these movies when in reality people don't even know the movies that are coming out. And their their new motto is bigger, better, fewer. And what this means is their their plan is to make bigger movies with bigger stars. And having theatrical releases is, I'm assuming, part of that bigger uh, format. Better, obviously, they're going to be making better movies because Netflix is known for putting a lot of crap out and hoping that it just sticks. And And then all the good stuff gets canceled, so. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All the good stuff gets canceled, and then the the bad stuff, nobody ever knows that it gets canceled. Um, And fewer fewer movies that which i think is great like rather than putting out 30 movies a week or 30 movies a month feels like 30 movies a week for netflix um but rather than putting out like 30 or 40 movies a month they're they're going to be just doing like maybe 3 or 4 a month which honestly is a lot better than what they have been doing honestly i wouldn't mind it if they just put out like one or two movies a month like the same approach Disney Plus has done with, with their movies and shows. And is it true that they're stop they're gonna stop giving directors big paychecks to make the movies they want? 
Is that part of this plan as well? I believe so. I didn't read into the article very much, but um, and this came from Hollywood Reporter, and I this all I know is that this is just good news for Netflix. Hopefully, like they're they're having they're scramming or scramming is that the right word? Scrambling, scrambling for for help right now because they've lost so much money from their shareholders and they're getting sued now and or yeah they they have a lot on their plate and so they need to rearrange their business structure so this is just good news yeah i agree i'm sad to some degree because some movies like you know the irishman i'm a really big fan of personally it's it's, it's a great martin scorsese film um deserve to be made and couldn't be made at other studios for whatever reason but it's a really good piece of cinema but i think netflix is losing so much money and they were so gung-ho about like we need an oscar and we need to be a platformer at the same time that they kind of lost track of like oh okay what makes us special as a platformer and i think things like stranger things um what was another another big netflix thing that happened for some reason I can't remember. I'm blanking. The Marvel shows were pretty big at the time, like Daredevil, yeah, Ozark, Dare- Ozark. Um, there's a lot. Mindhunters, like stuff. they make all they make shows that are good and that can get word of mouth. And I think that's what Netflix needs to focus on. You know, that's what what brings in the revenue. Like Hulu's big hit was uh, Only Murders in the Building recently, and then you know they dipped into some more prestige things. And Apple TV's big thing was like Ted Lasso. So. And then, you know, they get some head. Everything on Apple TV is like (laughs) massive. I don't know. They came out of nowhere. They were like the Trojan horse of all of this. And so. Yeah. But I, but you know, I think like Netflix has to figure out what they want to do. And if they want to make money, they have to be Netflix again. And not just like, we're going to pump out as much as we can. Although Netflix kind of did that for a while, but, or I think at some point that's what they've become and that's become old and Mm -hmm. rote. So I think it's smart that this is their new game plan. Yeah, they need to abandon the weak or the the massive drops, especially if they're going to be doing massive seasons like Stranger Things, where each episode is over an hour long. Like that was, it was so tiring watching that series. Like, and, and this is a completely <laughs> different pod, but I, they just need to abandon that model and just do the weekly releases like Disney or Hulu because people don't have time to do that. Um, they did during the pandemic because nobody was working, but people are working again. So, anyway. Uh, moving on, though. Um, Percy Jackson, the Disney Plus original show and reboot, uh, cast some of its guest stars for the first couple of episodes. And um, cast members that are going to be more prominent throughout the series as well. So, I'll just go down the list and say who these actors are and who they're playing. Jason Mansukas, I totally butchered that. He's from he stars in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he plays I, I can never pronounce it, but Mister D, uh, Dionysus or Dionysus, and he Dionysus. is Dionysus. He uh he's essentially like the god of wine, and he's just a lazy guy, and he also runs Camp Half Blood, and so he's he's gonna be a pretty big part of that. Virginia Cole plays Sally Jackson. Megan Mullally plays Mrs. Dodds. Uh, Glenn Turman plays Mr. Brunner. Brunner. 
uh, Tim Sharp plays Gabe Ugliano. And that rounds up the latest cast additions. And they actually just started filming this last Thursday. And that's when this, uh, this announcement came. And so production is moving forward smoothly on that, hopefully. And hopefully we'll be seeing this show early 2023. Yeah, I will say I'm super excited to see uh, Jason Mansukis and Megan Mullally. I think they're both great comedic actors. And uh, the way you describe Dionysus makes me so excited to see Jason Mansukis because he was in he's in part he's in um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Have you ever seen him in any of the Parks and Recreation episodes? I've seen Parks and Rec, but I don't remember him in it. I I need to look back and look at his bits. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the perfume guy in those in Parks and Recreation, and so you know Tom Haverford. He's just he's just an He's just like crazy and I love it. And I love this casting especially. So, I mean, even if I wasn't super interested in the show, I'm a little bit interested now. Mm -hmm. And I do want to warn you, he is a guest star in this. Oh yeah. I know he won't be there the whole time, but even if I watch one episode and he's doing his thing, I'm there for it. (laughs) You're just going to watch the first episode. And after that, you're done. And then immediately be done. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's a lot better than the movie was, so we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, but well, let's let's move on to Warner Brothers real quick. Mad Max Furiosa started filming, and this stars uh, one of the Chris's, Chris Hemsworth, and I believe Anya Taylor Joy as well. And so I I never saw Mad Max Fury Road. I started to watch it, but I'm pretty sure I fell asleep watching it. So. <laughs> I'll have to. Bailey, I'm just gonna assume try. if you've never seen a movie before, it's because you started and then fell asleep whilst watching. Yeah, it, that's probably accurate. I'm pretty sure that happened with the first Top Gun movie too. But I'll, I, I've been wanting to rewatch it since watching Top Gun Maverick. But yeah, it started filming and production is on its way. Um, I believe this is an HBO Max show, if I'm not mistaken. And this will probably be coming out in 2023. I also imagine this will be a summer release because this is a pretty big, um, a pretty big event that's happening with this. A lot of people love Mad Max Fury Road. And there, some of the people that are excited for it, like, it, there's a lot of controversy with it because it's like, why do we need this? But Charlize Theron was a great actress in this, from what I've heard. <laughs> and um, I think people are just really excited for this. Have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah. It's like, it's just a great action movie. And I think what's so important about it is, is that, you know, the title's Mad Max um, Fury Road, but like some of the things they do about it, and Charlize Theron especially plays such a strong, like, <clears throat> role in the film and kind of subvert tropes of like you know women in action films and it's just great and so i'm excited to see this george miller's back back on it so you know and then that and his upcoming a thousand years of uh what is the one that he's making that's coming out with idris elba and tilda swinton a thousand years of wanting yes that's what it's called yeah with that and a thousand years of wanting it's just you know, let's see what he's doing. Yeah. 
I don't have very much to say on this. I'm I'm sure by the time this comes out, I'll have watched Mad Max Fury Road, and so I'll probably be pumped to watch this show. Um, keeping with Warner Brothers, uh, Zaslav of Warner Brothers Discovery wants Todd Phillips or Kevin Feige to be involved in spearheading the DC Universe movie. So DC is now a separate entity from Warner Brothers. It's its own head, along with New Line Cinema, as well as their animation department. So they have three separate entities underneath the Warner Brothers pictures. And so uh, Zaslav has been wanting to get more people, uh, or, or just a, a brain trust, essentially, to, to take these movies and make them as successful or even more successful than the MCU movies, because Warner Brothers has just not tapped its potential for, for the DC universe, and so they're in desperate need of, of trying to make some money off of that, because it's, it's a cash grab that they just, they've snidered it. Um, Todd Phillips is coming closer, and other news with this, Todd Phillips is also coming closer to finishing the Joker sequel script. Um, and I, I want to go back to that other, um, what Zaslav is doing real quick. I'm a little all over the place with, with my notes, but Kevin Feige actually nearly left Marvel in 2010 for DC when Ike Perlmutter was with the company. And um, <coughs> Kevin Feige essentially begged um, Bob Iger, I believe, who was the CEO of Disney at the time, to separate Marvel Studios from Disney so there wasn't any oversight there. And so Marvel Studios was its own entity, kind of like how DC it now is with Warner Brothers. And so that happened, and, and then uh, Kevin Feige became the CEO of Marvel Studios, which was pretty smart choice on Bob Iger's part. And that's why he stayed, but now there are rumors persisting saying that Sazlav is trying to get him again. And so I, I don't know if he will make the move. I don't really see it happening because like we're, we're starting to see Kevin Feige's hand in all of this a lot more. But I don't know. He might be a little bit overwhelmed with everything. And I think, honestly, Marvel Studios, with how big it's gotten with all of the productions, they need at least two people in charge. Because I can't imagine having... Kevin Feige jumped from set to set from four different projects that are filming at the, the exact same time and trying to make sure everything is going well. And they do have other producers for the company, but I, I imagine it's, that's, that's an, another pod. Um, but what are your thoughts on this about uh, Zaslav trying to get Todd Phillips or Kevin Feige or somebody like that to, to work on the DC Universe? I don't know. I don't know about... I feel like for Kevin Feige, it would be good because it would give him an opportunity to start up another cinematic universe. You know, like Marvel's kind of have their Marvel has their thing figured out. And I feel like the wheels are going and they can kind of go for they're kind of, they're kind of self-sustaining at this point, you know. And so I feel like the opportunity to start a new cinematic universe under the DC banner could be appealing. It would give him an opportunity to do something different. It would give him an opportunity to do what he's done with Marvel and make them into a box office behemoth. Um, behemoth? Behemoth? Behemoth. Um, yeah, I've heard of both ways. 
But um, so that could be appealing. I don't know how I feel about Todd Phillips, especially because his Joker movie was really just like, you know, kind of a ripoff of other movies, but like it was told in a DC universe. And so it was much more serious and people appreciated it more. Um, and so I feel like if Todd Phillips, I, I don't know, like, I'm not saying that Todd Phillips doesn't have the chops for it, but I just feel like I don't know what else he's done other than, you know, the hangover movies that would be considered something cohesive. So for him to do it, I feel like he would, if he were in charge, I feel like it would grant DC the freedom to venture possibly outside the PG 13 ratings. Not that, you know, um, um, DC needs to, but for example, they're making a Joker sequel. So I'm assuming that means that he's, it's going to be rated R again. And Joker was a very profitable rated R movie. And so, you know, like all the Marvel stuff is very PG 13. The mo with probably one of the most far reaching PG 13 movies being Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But, um, you know, they still play in the confines of the box. And so I feel like DC has opportunity and I, I feel like depending on who they hire, you know, we'll see what direction they go. I feel like Kevin Feige would make it, would be a very good cohesive pick and Todd Phillips would be a very good, like, okay, I'm going to be in charge, but like, we're going to give directors some freedom here. Yeah. I, I, Todd Phillips has been very critical of superhero movies in general. He's very of the Martin Scorsese type um, when it comes to that, which I believe Scorsese was a producer on Joker as well. Um, well, if that's the case, <laughs> Scorsese would have been like, hey, this is like all of my movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he just had some input on it. And uh, yeah. And so that's why he has the producer credit. Um, but he, yeah. He's very of the same mindset with that, and so I don't think he would be a good pick because I feel like he he would have the strong mindset of um like these movies need to be gritty, they need to be realistic, and Superman doesn't fit in a realistic world. Neither does Green Lantern or any of these kind of characters. They're they're gods among men, and to make them realistic, like having a guy who's an alien flying down from space and gets adopted by parents in Kansas, that that's not realistic at all. And Todd Phillips, it would be interesting to see that perspective from a realistic mindset, but I don't think we need it. I think it needs to be otherworldly and um, massive imaginations. And Kevin Feige, I don't see him leaving Marvel in the next year or two maybe three years from now, five years from now, because he's been with Marvel since the 90s. He, he was on the set for, he was a producer on like the X-Men movies, and he was a, an assistant on the Spider-Man movies. And so I don't see him leaving Marvel in the next two or three years, maybe like, I, I don't know. I feel like he needs some time to wrap things up with what he's doing before he even considers leaving for another studio it's it's interesting though it's it's interesting to think about it really is but i i i don't have any other thoughts on this do you adam nope we can move on okay um in other news the suicide squad 
from the 2021 movie, Daniela Mel- Melchior, Melchior, I don't know how to pronounce her name, was cast in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 in an unknown role. And that's the news where, <laughs> see what you will with it. Um, James Gunn just confirmed the casting on Twitter uh, when somebody had posted an article and so he confirmed the casting, but he didn't say who it was, and neither did the people who announced it. Mm-hmm. And Danielle Melchior played a rat catcher in Suicide Squad, right? Yes, she did. And she did a great job in that role. Yeah, and it's exciting that she's going to be teaming up with James Gunn again. Maybe, I mean, I don't think Guardians 3 will be as bonkers as Suicide Squad, but... It definitely won't. <laughs> um, I, I definitely think that some of the Guardians are going to die but I don't think that it will be as gruesome or violent or any kind of crazy that James Gunn brought to the Suicide Squad. But I'm, I'm still very excited. Um, in other news for Marvel Studios, Fantastic Four still doesn't have a director, but Kevin Feige wants a director he can trust without having a producer on set every day guiding it. And what he said with this was that he compared him, the director, or the, the people who came out with this said that he compared, compared it to Sam Raimi and how he gave him a lot of trust on the set of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And so I feel like they're, they're looking for big names like Steven Spielberg, Ron Howard, or like those kind of people. Martin Scorsese. Um, (laughs) but like those kind of big name directors that can handle it and, and do a great job with this. And honestly, Steven Spielberg directing a fantastic four movie. I think that would be really good. It would be a dream come true, but I don't, I don't know if that will happen. What do you think? I, uh, I mean, I don't know who we would put there. I feel like it's so odd because I I think the reason he trusted Sam Raimi so much is because of his work on the first three Spider-Man movies. Um, or at least the first two before the, uh, the studio ruined Spider-Man 3. But, you know, I think that's, very, that's a very big thing to say, you know, that he wants somebody who he can trust completely on set. Um, and so I don't know. I have no idea. Like Marvel's such a hard like thing for me to think about right now, because as I mentioned earlier, like even if they find someone who does something well, they still have to do it in the cookie cutter shape of the Marvel movie. So it's almost like they need a good director, but somebody who also understands what they're doing, if that makes sense. So I'm excited to see what they're, what they're thinking about. It's a big sandbox. And, um, I believe the movie is going to be set in the 60s because of the whole reference with like, weren't you guys charting in the 60s that Doctor Strange said in, in, the, in the movie that everybody couldn't hear. Um, but like, I, I think that this is a big change that Marvel Studios is bringing because if you look at the directors that they've brought on for a lot of their projects, they are up and coming directors. Like even Chloe Zhao, like even though she was an Oscar winner, like, she still didn't have a large repertoire of movies. And same with, like, um, Destin Daniel Cretton with Shang-Chi and even Jon Favreau. He, his biggest hit before Iron Man was Elf. And, like, 
there were just a lot of smaller directors that came on and did a lot of these movies. James Gunn was barely even known before he did Guardians, and same with Peyton Reed with Ant-Man. And I, I could go down the whole list of all these directors, but for them to be making the, these big, massive changes and looking for somebody that's as big as Spielberg, Howard, George Lucas, like all of these crazy old-timer classic directors that people look up to and they love their movies and they have a track record that supports their their role as directors like i i think it's something that marvel studios needs because it's almost like in a weird way it's a breath of fresh air for them because they're bringing in more experienced directors that they don't need to trust all the time or that they can trust um blindly so I'm excited to see what happens with this. I don't think we'll be getting any news at Comic-Con in July um, regarding Fantastic Four. Maybe casting announcement, but I don't think we'll be getting a, a director announcement. But the last bit of news that we have is that Blade, the reboot for Marvel Studios, has added the Narcos Mexico cinematographer, Will Mavity. And that's just a small piece of news. I am not familiar with his work. I haven't seen Narcos, but have you? Are you familiar with with his work? No, I've only seen uh, Narcos, um, the original one, not uh, about Pablo Escobar with uh, Pedro Pascal. I've never seen uh, the Narcos Mexico. Okay, well that rounds up our news. <laughs> uh, I don't have any other thoughts on any of this stuff. Um, well, make sure to. Follow us on Instagram. We are abcinema.pod. On Twitter, we're at abcinemapodcast. On Letterboxd, we're abcinemapodcast. Facebook, abcinema. And Gmail, we are abcinema.pod at gmail.com. And make sure to reach out to us. Interact with us on on our social media. We love to hear your thoughts on all of this stuff. And um, we love to interact with you. And so please just reach out with any um ideas that you guys have maybe you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss and we could bring it up on here uh that wraps up our show for today but anyway uh have a wonderful day and as always keep watching movies <laughs>